Good afternoon on this podcast, Viking Voices. Uh, we are dedicating content to Black History Month, having conversations with current and former student athletes associated with Western Washington University. And uh, we want to hear about their story and learn more about their journey to Western. And I'm excited that our first guest in this series is WWU basketball legend. I'm going to say legend, Shelton Diggs. <laughs> Shelton, thanks you for letting us interview you. Uh, and welcome to Viking Voices. And thanks for having me on. Um, man, I, I love my WWE Vikings, so anything for them. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, well, we're really excited. We're going to cover a couple of different topics in, in, in this. But the first, we just want to introduce you, uh, find out about your time as a Viking, um, what you're up to now down in Long Beach uh, as, as a high school coach. Um, so there's a little bit of background. You played basketball for the Vikings from 1998 to 2002. You scored over 1,200 points during your career. Um, you know, you're a current head coach right now at your alma mater, Long Beach yeah. Poly. Um, but you were part of a basketball program that ushered in the NCAA era at Western. And there's, um, you know, we, we were conversing back and forth a little bit on Instagram that you were kind of before the social media wave. You were before the website wave. And so yes. what, what your teams did during that era is sometime a little bit historically forgotten because there was no website, there was no social media. But when I was doing research, man, you guys played some ball and you guys played awesome. Uh, I'm going to ask you about a few of your favorite moments. I'm going to ask you to talk about your game where you scored 27 points versus Queens. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just but just give us a little bit of update on what you're up to right now, where you're at, um, coaching at Long Beach Poly, and just kind of give us the uh, the cliff notes on what Shelton's up to. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm back home living in Long Beach, uh, my hometown. I was born and raised here. Um, I'm coaching at my alma mater, Long Beach Poly. I was the JV coach for eight years. And then, then I took over the varsity job, and I've been the varsity coach, I think nine, this might be my ninth or my tenth year coming up. Um, I've been doing that, and then uh, i also been working with, I work with Snoop Dogg, so I've been working with him since about 2006. I'm his personal assistant, so when I'm not in basketball, I go everywhere with him, I'm on the road with him, um, doing all that kind of stuff, so um, that's my life now. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. So it's pretty awesome. But your years at Western, um, you know, I was doing some research and, and, and looking up some of the photos that I'm going to share with this. But, uh, you know, 1,251 points. You made 93 starts to the Vikings, you know, played for Coach Brad Jackson. Uh, you guys went to the Elite Eight. And, uh, and you should have won it all that year. Yeah. Won the West Regional that year. But um, just talk about your time at Western, ushering in the NCAA era, some of your teammates, and, and just those good memories. I mean, it, it was a great time. It was amazing. Um, I think when I graduated, five guys in my class, me, Jacob Stevenson, AJ Gisa, well, Mike Palm was a year after, but he came in with us. He redshirted. So that actually those four, I think we might have been in the top 15 in the scoring. Uh, and two years before me, I played with Jacob Stevenson. Who, I'm not Jacob, Jared Stevenson, who was the number, who became the number one scorer. So, I mean, we, we scored a lot of points back then. We had a lot of good guys who could score my class. Um, between all the average, like 14 points each, all, all, all four of us. Um, and it was just good basketball, man. Coach Jackson was a good coach. He let us play. Um, coach Dominguez, who's there now, um, he was the defensive guy. He was like the guy, he was younger then. So we always messed with him. So, we, you know, he, me, Jacob, all us, um, if we see his players now, they'll, they'll probably be shocked at how, how we are with him because he was, he was younger, he was with us. So we kind of messed with Coach D a lot. Um, but those are some great years, man. We played some good basketball. Um, I was like one of the first Cali guys to come up there, I felt like, because I was there by myself. Um, and then we started bringing in some guys after with Nehemiah, Jason Burrell, um, my little brother and stuff like that. So um, I kind of consider myself the, the starter of it. 
but not just me personally, but but this new era, I feel like we're the ones that got it started. I, I would agree with that. You know, like I said, um, we all live in social media right now and the photos and mm -hmm. uh, the website and, and, and really things kind of, I think our actual website came in right at the end Right at the end career yes. and when and you when you became a student assistant coach. Yes. So when yes. I was doing when I was doing this research, there wasn't a ton there. But then Paul Madison, our former SID here 50 years, uh, went in the archives and dug up a bunch of stuff. And it was pretty cool to kind of dig into that and see that. Um, but yeah, you know, some great, great, great moments. Uh, you guys had some amazing teams, uh, performances, but talk a little bit about your your run to the Elite Eight, uh, the final four. Um, and specifically, you're, you know, you had scored 27 points in the national quarterfinal against Queens. I believe that game was up the street from your hometown in, uh, in Bakersfield. Bakersfield, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just talk about that performance. What was that, that was like to be on the national stage? I mean, that was, that, that was big. Um, you know, it, it was cool. We had already played at Bakersfield earlier in the year and beat them. But when we went back there, um, it, it, it was just, it was, it was an amazing opportunity. It was, it was a big scene. We had a good time there. Um, I played well that first game. I did. I had 27, 11, I think I had 11 rebounds. Um, I made a lot of free throws and stuff like that. And then that final four game, it was a team we had beat earlier in the year. And we just uh, we just never could get it going. I mean, um, and I always feel bad, man, because I played bad that game. And that's something I always look back on. Like, man, I, I feel like I kind of smoked it is what I say sometimes. But that year was a great year for us. Um, we were all juniors. Um, we had one senior, really, Ryan Ketman. We was calling Captain Ket. Um, and we all kind of like just rolled for him, man. We loved Kev Kevin. He was he he just he like he was he was like all our big brothers. I felt like, and we all like we tried to do everything for him. I felt like, and, and that year was all to just just make him go out on top like that. Captain Ket, man, I always remember him. Yeah, he's he lived up here. I went golfing with him one year at the Viking Classic. He's a he's a funny guy. And that's my guy right there. <laughs> um, you know, you guys started something special. There was great teams before you. Um, but moving into that NCAA era and then to see that team, the program, win a national championship, you guys had a lot, big part of that. You know, your little brother came in a few years later and, uh, and lit, up, lit up the scoreboard and, uh, in, in a number of ways. Um, yes. na national championship, not too many years after that. But what you guys died, did started a lot of that. How much pride does your group and the players that you're with? Pride in that. I mean, we take big pride. Nehemiah Campbell, who was a sophomore on that team, he lives like three blocks from me, so he always comes over. We talk about that all the time. Um, I have, I put up on like our, 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 on a YouTube page, I want to say I have the tape of the, a couple of the games I put up from that. So um, we, it, it, we feel real good. Like I remember sitting here watching the championship game and after they won it, I called up Chris Stevens and some of the other guys and it was just like, we were happy. But then I also said like, well, they ain't gonna never know about us now because all they gonna care about is the national championship team. Uh, but it, it, it was it was good to be able to to kind of set that trend for that um, with with my brother Grant Dyshaw. Grant Dyshaw was a freshman when I was a senior, so he was a red shirt. So me and Jacob Stevenson used to kick his butt every day. Um, but he was tough, man, and so he was able to just take that. And that's that's why he became the player he was. Not that we made him, but um, I knew he was gonna be something like that. And then my little brother, you know, what I mean, that's my little brother. You always got to make sure he's gonna be right between me and I had another brother who played at Cal. Um, we always just make sure Ryan was going to be right and kind of all the things that I didn't do, I made sure he did. And that boy was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a great era. And part of these conversations that we're having, not only about black history month, 
but it's about it's about the people that made our programs and that's been so much fun and, and hearing from you and hearing these stories and hearing the stevenson's name and the dykstra's and all those things because man you guys it, it, the history of this program and the history of our athletic department uh that that's where it all started and that's why we're we're having these conversations because i'm just getting excited hearing about your stories um it was amazing <laughs> one of the questions that you know that we're going to bring up a little bit you know you you said you're one of the first cali kids to come up you're from long mm -hmm. beach um a young young black man uh moving up to bellingham what, what was that like um what were some of the obstacles and challenges you faced and what were uh ultimately you know what were some of those uh experiences that you had a blast up there um I mean, I, I always, I always felt like everybody up there treated me. Um, they treated me great. I, I met some great families up there. Um, it's, a, it's a family, the Merzias. They took me in. I stayed with them um, for a semester, and um, their, their their daughters. I, I, they come down visit with kids and stuff. Visit my kids and stuff like that. Um, Bellingham was wonderful. I, I, I had no, you know, people say as a black man coming up there. Um, I was one of the few black people there. I felt like the the, the school didn't have a lot of black people at Western, and I never felt any racism or anything like that. I, I know people sure have felt like that before, but I never felt that. Um, all the people that I was around always treated me um, just to, just like them. It, it was never that like that. Um, and Bellingham's just a great place, man. If I wasn't in California, like I would love to bring my family up there and live up there and just work. And they asked me to come coach. I'll be there in a heartbeat. Like I, I, I just love my time there. It was just amazing. Like I remember when I first came up there, these guys used to have the summer camps. So I come up there the summer before my freshman year and we stayed in the dorms um, and the camp was like from Thursday to Sunday. Um, so he had to go Sunday to Thursday and then it starts again the next week, but everybody left. So I was in the dorms all by myself and all that homesick, all that, I got that out right then and there. I remember walking down the hill, going to, um, you guys had an IHOP right there. They had the Boomer Burger right there. I remember just walking around like, I'm from Cali where, you know, it's a city and stuff like that. You're out there in Bellingham, it was trees everywhere. The air was good. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm from the hood, so, like, you, where I was from, you couldn't really just walk around like that without, you know, having your hands in your pocket ready to run or something, and just, it just felt good to be able to be out there and not have to worry about nothing like that, just, just live and just be, just not worry, just be yourself, um, and not worry about gangs and all that stuff that I had to deal with back in Long Beach, so I had a wonderful time in Bellingham, like, it was great to get away, um, all my, I love it there, uh, my time there was, was amazing, I mean, I remember stay, I stayed after and worked at Enterprise there for a little bit, um, I love it. I loved it. <laughs> now, you weren't only a student athlete and you got, you know, you got your degree um, and you also got started in coaching a little bit. Yes. Uh, tell yes. us about your role that you had under Brad and working with Tony and, and it kind of kicked off uh, ultimately what led to what you're doing right now as, as a high level, very high level coach down at a, a, an amazing program at, at Long Beach Poly. No, I did. Um, I, don't, I never really thought about coaching. And then uh, after I finished playing, I needed another year to graduate um, of school. So Coach Jackson, you know, they asked me to come on and be a student assistant. And man, I learned so much from Coach Jackson, Coach Dominguez, like the drills that they did, the coaching style. Um, I, I'm that same right now in my high school. I do some of the same stuff we ran. Um, if Coach Jackson went in wherever to come watch a game, like they would, they would, they would see everything we run, be like, dang, we ran that. Or that's the some stuff we did. Um, it was, it was, that's what really got me started in my coaching and got me excited about actually coaching and helping back you know i wanted everybody want to go to the nba or go play overseas and all that um but like i need like i, said, I need that year to graduate and staying back it really it showed me like okay i think i'll be better at coaching than trying to go you know play overseas i definitely want the nba but uh, go play overseas like that so coach jackson and them um they really they really got me started on the path i am now with coaching that's 
pretty amazing. Um, you know, there's a c- couple photos of you on the bench. I have to send you. It's, it's pretty neat to see you with <laughs> oh, that's cool. Coach Dominguez. Um, uh, but one of the topics, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go around a little bit here outside of basketball, and we'll move back into basketball, but it is Black History Month, and there's a lot going on in our nation right now. And, um, you know, nobody's pretending to have all the answers, especially the person that's interviewing you right now. But um, what does this month mean to you? What does Black History Month mean to you? What does it mean? And uh, how do we make sure it's just not February? How do we make sure that it moves along and we're all paying attention all year long to Black history and to what um, what you all have done and the path that you paved uh, to Bellingham from California? Um, how do we, what does it mean to you and how do we How do we get to that point? I mean, I just, I just think we all just need to just, just, just focus on being good people. Um, and, and I think then, then that'll happen. Um, Black History Month for me, you know, it's always big. Um, if, if down here we're not able to play basketball right now, but if we were to play basketball right now, you know, we have a lot of conversations with our kids and stuff like that. But um, it's just kind of just recognizing the things that we've done um, as black folks here in America that, to, 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 to help out and stuff like that. And I feel like in Bellingham, you know, they always treated me like that. So I, I think Bellingham will be a, is, is a wonderful example um, of, of how, especially the time I was there, of just how, you know, we, we can do, you know, just, just, just be good people and, and recognize us for the things that we've done. And I think everything is good after that. You know, you're a leader of young men um, mm-hmm. at a very vulnerable age in Southern California. Um, maybe have not been able to practice as much as you want, obviously play, but what are some of the conversations that you've had uh, with your young players and your, your young men that are going to be transitioning into the real world and to college? What are some of those conversations you've had during these times? I mean, we, we've, we've had a lot of these. We get on Zooms about every every two weeks. We're on a Zoom call. Um, and with all the stuff that's been going on, I mean, we've had a lot of conversations with them about um, just how they have to present themselves. You know what I mean? Um, and and it, it might always not be a good thing to have to not change yourself, but but we just, we, we've, we've had a big talk with them of just, just presenting yourself in a positive light. Um, down here, you know, there's a lot of things that, that could be, uh, not positive that we have down here for the kids. And it's like, so we're trying to keep them away from that. They're at home a lot all the time right now. Um, and on the East side it, it's where we're from a Long Beach, you know, being at home for the kids might not be a good thing. Cause it's a lot of gang activity, a lot of stuff going around. So we, we trying to make them be more presentable with themselves to where they're not being enticed to those type of situations and stuff like that. We've had a lot of conversations with that with our youth. Um, and it's just trying to keep them going on the right path. Like, you know, somebody did this for me when I was here in Long Beach. And that's my job is to help get back um, to these kids and do it for them. Because um, they need it. We need it bad right now. What are some of the experiences you had as a student athlete, specifically, you know, as a, as a Black student athlete that helped form who you are right now. So you talk about a student athlete being balanced, going to school, playing basketball, division two, there's kind of that balance as well. You're here to win, you're mm-hmm. here to get your degree and you do both well. What are some of those experiences that you had and how has that shaped the person that, that you are today? Um, I mean, it was, it was tough when you was up there. Cause I mean, with, with classes and stuff like that, like it, it was tough. It, it really just got me I was just a basketball player, you know what I mean? Before I came up there, I just played basketball. School wasn't as important to me like that. Like, if I hadn't played basketball, I doubt I would have went to college. Um, 
So being up there, a lot of us say we're just being able to go to class, uh, being held more accountable for schoolwork. I wasn't held like that much accountable when I was younger and stuff like that. So being held accountable for your school, balancing your time, having to focus on this, focus on that, and not just playing basketball. Um, those experiences helped me a lot up there at Western. Do you have someone in Black or African-American history that you've looked up to and kind of relied on during some of these times that... Uh, Renzo Lomar. Um, and then... I mean, to a point, Snoop Dogg, um, but more Lorenzo Romar. Um, I met him when I was in the seventh grade at the UCLA. It was a summer team camp, and that was the year right after Ty said he had made um, that crazy shot in the UCLA World Championship, and he's from Long Beach, where I'm from, so he used to call me Little Ty just because of that, not because I was good like him, but I met him through that, and then as I went to Western, my senior year, no, the year after I graduated when I was coaching, he came to Washington as the head coach, um, and just he had always kept in contact with me and stuff like that. And so now I actually have a player who now plays for Pepperdine, Daryl Polk. Um, and so we've just have grown a good relationship and he's somebody I really, I really rely on a lot. Um, Lorenzo Romar, man, that's, that's a great man right there. Yes, it is. He led some great university of Washington basketball teams, but uh, mm -hmm. just a wonderful person that everyone that comes in contact with, uh, it was sad to see him leave Seattle and uh, um, you know, college, college coaching is a tough business, but he's one of the best. And that's coming <laughs> from a Washington state Cougar. And I like that. <laughs> Man, um, I remember Coach Jackson almost had the Washington State job. Oh, and it was woof. Um, you know, there's been several recent incidences in the news lately involving, um, you know, untimely deaths of Black people. And, and just our society has not reacted well to some of that. How has this affected you? How has this affected, uh, you know, your job as a mentor to youth? Um, and how do, you, how do you help teach this to, the, to, the, to your players? Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, before all this stuff, I had never voted before. So this got me to, to start voting. And now I've been talking to the kids a lot more about voting. And I'm, I just feel like all the stuff that's happened is showing we have a voice and we have to learn how to use our voice and use it the right way, though. And the right way is voting, getting out. Um, you know, some of our kids do the protest. I don't really do none of that. But I told them, if, if you're going to do that, you know, make sure you're doing it the right way, this and that. But um, the voting has really been big. Now that I vote... I I started to get my kids. I know they can't vote yet, but we've talked to them about it. So when they turn 18, they'll be ready to vote. Um, and that's been the biggest thing, just getting your voice and getting your voice heard. And the best way to do that is going out and vote. You know, you mentioned that you're a basketball coach, so you're in the entertainment industry and you work with Snoop. Um, two really powerful things of the fabric of our communities, music, mm -hmm. and sports, especially I imagine down uh, where you're from. Having an impact in both those areas, how much have you how much have you learned during this time and self-reflection and, and how much have you been able to people don't like to say, I think, you know, it's not your role to educate people, but you work in two areas where you're highly visible. Has that been gratif gratifying to, to amplify your voice and to show the effect that you can have on the future? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it, it has, like I said, we got a couple kids who, who were turned 18 uh, to begin a year to come vote. Um, it, it has, man. Like, uh, it has. It really has. What, what kind of things do you do with Snoop? I mean, he is a. Uh, I'm his personal assistant, so I mean, I do all this stuff. When we're on the road, you know, you got to make sure he, he's, you know, going to get food, uh, helping him with his clothes, up all night playing video games with him. Um, I, I mean, everything. I, I, every, it's everything you can kind of tell with him. Um, like I said, I've known him my whole life. I was kind of that little kid. He come all hang out with all my uncles when he was when he, before he became big and when he became big. And I was that little kid. Oh, let me come. Maybe slap me. Like, no, nah, no, nah, you stay at home. And then when I came back from college, 
um, he had a football league. So I asked him, you know, you need any help? And so I started helping him with that. And one thing led to another and this and that. Um, so that that's just where that came from. But I mean, I, I do everything with him. I've helped with his management company. Um, you know, it's everything. It's everything it has. He's got his clothing line now. So I'm helping him do orders with that, sending stuff out. It's just something I do outside of basketball. Um, he's a, he's, he's a cool guy. I play Madden with him all day. So <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Just kind of tying everything together. One of my last questions I want to ask you is, um, you know, and it's a tough one. Um, but what do you say to non-black people, to white people who want to join the fight against racism and inclusion? How do they do that? How do they do that the right way? How do they have their voice heard? How do they help um, with some of this? Um, I don't really, I mean, you, you can just, because I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know. Um, you can just do what you want to do, but I mean, I, I can't tell you exactly what it is to do. I don't, I don't know. Like, I just feel you'd be a good person. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of times I don't see white, black. My wife is Cambodian, so my kids are half black, half Cambodian. Like, to me, we're just all all the same. So, I mean, just, I guess, kind of just act that way. Like, just treat us the same way you would want to be treated, and we'll be okay. But, I mean, I, I, I don't have a perfect answer, I guess. I don't know for that one. Yeah, you say kindness matters. Um, yes, it does. It does matter. So, and, and, and as we experience all this, um, and you know, we've connected a little bit. Has it kind of made you kind of take down uh, trips down memory lane a little bit and talk about the great oh, yeah, times you had at Western? Yeah, it and, definitely uh, has. Like, I just, I'm just remembering all the good times in the dorms. You know, I mean, Bellingham was a good time, man. We had a, we had a blast up there in college, playing basketball, living our lives. It was, it was, it was a good time, man. I, I loved it up there. I'd move back. I'd take my family back up there in a heartbeat to live if I could. Well, you know, we're going to be visiting more with uh, some people. I'm going to, uh, a women's basketball player coming up on the series named Kiana Gandy. Uh, okay. Current, a current track and field sprinter, 400 record holder, Miles Smith, who is oh, uh, very okay. involved on campus right now. Current men's basketball assistant coach, David Dunham, will join us. And we're going to, we're going to continue to have the conversation, not just this month, but we're going to continue to talk about this um, and do our job as an athletic department to continue to diversify and, and share the stories of our great alums that uh, led us to a Final Four in, in 2001 and yes. scored 1,500 points in a career. And, you know, his brother, we didn't talk enough about your brother who could just fill up the basket and, you know, <laughs> created uh, a legacy within the Diggs name. So we really appreciate meeting with you. Um, it's, I'm so glad that we got to hear your stories, not only about Western, but about what you're doing for the uh, the youth in Long Beach and coaching. And you know what? We got to get you up to Bellingham and we got to get you in some new Viking gear. Yeah, man, please do. I was up there a couple years ago with Snoop. We had uh, a little something we did with them, uh, those fishermen or whatever. We stayed at the Best Western and all that. But um, me and my family, when this corona get down, we definitely coming back up there. So I can't. All right, Shelton. Thank you for joining us on the Viking Voices. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. I appreciate it. Thanks.